Hi everyone, it's Mike Spivey, it's April 12th, and welcome to our inaugural episode of our newly named Status Check with Spivey, which was named by Reddit, so thanks for all the Reddit listeners. We're going to talk about in the podcast going forward, not just law school, not just law school admissions, but also life, mental well-being, mental health. This episode is going to be on scholarship negotiation. It's a topic I've spoken very infrequently and in not much detail about publicly because when we talk about negotiation tactics, schools often change their tactics when – not necessarily us, but when a number of students start employing more refined, more sophisticated negotiation techniques – there's a couple of reasons why I want to be a little bit more disclosive in this podcast. The first is it's just been a horrible cycle from an applicant side of things. Not only have you had the LSAT scaling at the top disproportionate and inorganic and the bell curve of the LSAT shift over by at least two points to the right, but I think there's been some unfortunate messaging early in the cycle that led some applicants and a lot of schools to believe maybe those numbers would come down, which they haven't. And I also think that, you know, with the U.S. news drama, the issue last week with the seat deposit, almost like a concert ticket rush being sort of gobbled up first come, first served and then closed off. I think this would be a good year to sort of do whatever we can as a firm to help not just our clients, but everyone out there applying to law school. So this won't be the only podcast I do along the lines of helping the market. I may try to do a week or two of phone calls with individuals who sort of had a rough cycle. I did this last year when COVID hit a lot of people, and I'll try to block off two weeks. But let me get to the topic at hand, scholarship negotiation. There's a lot of misleading, wrong advice about scholarship negotiation. So let me give the very important macro level school side, insider side of what happens with scholarships. A law school is given, any particular law school, the dean generally gives the admissions office X amount of money to give out. Now, X is always going to be a lot larger than Y. Y is the amount you can give out as far as matriculants. X is the number that you do give out because you have historic data showing that essentially the more money you give to someone, the less likely they are to go to your school. Why is that? Well, if you're giving someone five points above your median LSAT with a 3.9 and your median's a 3.6, they're probably not going to go to your school. All the data we have, I mean, longitudinal data would show that they are more likely to go to a much higher ranked school, which they're getting in if they're five points above your LSAT. So you're giving that person 45000 a year, et cetera, but you're getting it back. This is one of the key takeaways to this podcast. Schools give out a lot of money. Again, they give out X amount, and X can be two, three, five, even 10 times the amount that they can give out. So let's say a school can give out $5 million in merit aid. They may be giving out $30 million in offers. Incredibly important to keep note of. Scholarship negotiation is not so much about, all right, well, let me have this incredibly worded ask right when I'm paying seat deposits so that the wording replete with leverage is such that my $10,000 offer will become a $30,000 offer. 
Now, obviously, it's good to have a well-worded email, and I can't help everyone with that. But here's the thing. If the school, which many, many schools are right now, is overcommitted by 10, 15, 20 million dollars, which incidentally may have happened with Notre Dame. Notre Dame may have just been so much overcommitted with scholarship money, they may have said, we got to shut this thing down. It's the second most plausible explanation I can think of for why they did what they did. So if a school is overcommitted, it doesn't matter how well you ask, it doesn't matter how much leverage you have. They can't give out a single more penny because the dean of admissions is literally losing sleep. I see this all the time with my colleagues and friends saying, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm going to get crushed by my boss because what if I come in $15 million overcommitted? But what happens is over the summer, that school – there's two good pieces of information here. Number one, that school is constantly getting money back. Outside the top three that do not give merit aid, they are all summer long getting some of their offers back. Even if you look at Columbia or Chicago, if you look at a Chicago Rubenstein, people turn those down because they're getting admitted to Harvard, Stanford, and Yale. And some people would choose a Rubenstein at Chicago over a Harvard admit, a Yale admit. Many wouldn't. I had a client my very first year of admission consulting. This is such an amazing outlier story. But he contacted me because he was on the wait list at Harvard, on the wait list at Chicago. We got him off Chicago's wait list, and then we pinged Harvard and let them know. And then he got admitted at Harvard off their wait list. And then we pinged Chicago and let them know, and they gave him a Rubenstein off the wait list. Now, how did that happen? It wasn't that we had this incredibly worded email about the Harvard admit. I'm sure, I hope it was well-worded, but they probably had a couple of Rubensteins open up at that time. And this is going to be pervasive throughout all law schools outside the top three. They get money back. They get money back. The second important takeaway is that money, if they get it back in spades, so much so that they have extra money, it doesn't, like a normal business, like Spivey Consulting, if I have a profit intake this year that's strong, a lot of that money goes into savings for a rainy day. Scholarship money doesn't go into any kind of savings account. It is a one-year-and-done situation, and then they reset for the following year. So if you're a law school, the example I gave, if you're given $5 million of scholarship, and you're $10 million overcommitted, but then you lose a lot of those offers, and you come back down to $4 million, that $1 million surplus you have, you have every incentive in the world and no disincentive to spend it. So much of this is about asking several times because you want to find the right time. As my partner, Derek Meeker, we have another scholarship. It's a video. The first thing Derek talked about is establish a relationship in a pleasant way with the admissions office. Because yes, you want to be asking maybe in April, but likely in April, that school has no money. But if you ask very pleasantly, and I hear this, I've heard this for 21 years now. It's the people who don't treat this like a, you know, corporate to corporate hardball negotiation. It's the people that are exceptionally pleasant to the admissions office that when they ask in April, 
and then they ask in late May, and then they ask in June, and the school has money back in June. That's the person who gets the money. You have a reputation, a rapport. They can see your old emails, and they're all incredibly polite. There's two elements to negotiation. There's leverage and there's emotion. Leverage would be, dear Penn, you're very much at the top of my list, and I'm debt averse, but I'm also considering a Harvard admit, and I'm torn. That's leverage. Emotion is the Penn admissions officer has seen how pleasant you are in all your ass, and they say, I really like this person, and now we have money. I can see them at my law school. I can see them contributing to the community, and I have this attachment to wanting them here, so I'm going to give them $10,000 more. The point being, it is not a one-time ask. It is a two- to three- to four-time ask, and honest to goodness, if you're polite early on and they say no, Later on, if you say, me need money, please, (laughs) and they have money, you're much more apt to get it than if you're impolite early on and you ask in the most sophisticated way later on. Don't overfret about the message. Just be your pleasant self. Don't overworry. And this is a classic scholarship negotiation mistake. Look, you're not going to interact with admissions for the rest of your life. I mean, maybe you'll be like an ambassador and you'll, I don't know, get pizza from the admissions office, but they have no leverage over you for the rest of your life. I hope you get a yes on your first ask, but if you get a no on your first ask for scholarship negotiation, if you come back a month and a half later, ask again. If you get a no then and you come back a month and a half later, switch up your message a little bit, but ask again. Let me also present a scenario that happens to just about every applicant every cycle. Let's say you've been admitted to Dartmouth Law School. And all of a sudden, it's Monday of this week, and you hear from Princeton Law School that you've been admitted. And Princeton hasn't given you any money. And Dartmouth recently just gave you $135,000 of scholarship money. So you're at Dartmouth with 135000 and they want to know by Friday, and you've been admitted Monday, and Princeton has just admitted you. I mean, you have a seat deposit deadline in, you know, in May 1, but they haven't given you any money. So this happens to lots of people every cycle. It, the reason why I use Princeton and Dartmouth is this is universal for almost all levels of schools. The higher-ranked school has admitted to you, but they're slow rolling you with money. The school that's not as high-ranked loves you, loves your stats, etc. So they've not only admitted you, but they've admitted you with a lot of money, and they've given you a timely deadline. So there's two things you can do. First, you go to Princeton Law, and you say, thank you so much for the admit. I just wanted – I think this is valuable information. So I want to let you know that I was fortunate enough to be admitted to Dartmouth Law with 135000 aggregated over three years scholarship. And you can attach to the letter, by the way. But Dartmouth has to know by Friday. And keep in mind, you also need to act like lawyers and read the wording of the Dartmouth letter carefully. Many will say non-binding. Some will say binding. Okay, so if it's binding, what that probably means, although you need to read the letter carefully, you're going to be reading things carefully for the rest of your lives. So here's a good time to start. Binding might mean you have to withdraw from all schools you've been admitted to, or it might mean you have to withdraw from all schools. Probably the former. So first you go to Princeton Law and you say, I have this offer that's exploding from Dartmouth. So thank you so much. But is there any way I can hear back about merit aid by Friday? 
Let's say they say no. This happens to everyone, by the way, or most people. You also need to start deciding in your head, am I going to deposit at Dartmouth or am I going to deposit at Princeton? Or can I do both if it's non-binding and do I want to do both? These are all decisions only you can make, you and your family. If you deposit at Princeton or if you double deposit, keep in mind that you can use any waitlisted MIT all summer long as a second ask, and remember we want to keep asking, a pleasant ask and a leverageable ask. So you're holding on to your Princeton with no money, but then Starfleet Academy, an even higher ranked school, admits you off the wait list in June. That's exactly when you go back to Princeton and say, I'm torn. So that's the inside scoop on how it works at the macro level. You'd be surprised how many people try to negotiate only once and they negotiate in this dispassionate, unpleasant, even almost like elitist, hostile manner. Be kind as multiple times. If you get admitted off a wait list, that is a wonderful time to ask because if a higher ranked school is admitting you off of the wait list, the lower ranked school probably is getting money back. Ask a week or two later. Ask all summer long. This was Mike Spivey, the Spivey Consulting Group. I hope this was helpful.